Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. As we celebrate the Christmas season, we are so glad that you've joined us. This is one of our favorite times of the year, and we love getting to share it with you. If you're listening to Milestone Church for the first time, we want to encourage you to check out one of our best series this year. If you find yourself with extra time, maybe traveling for winter vacation, we'd highly recommend checking out our fall series called Live Well. The Live Well series will help equip you to live well through the challenges we all face in life. And now, on to this week's message. Well, Christmas is here. It's hard to believe. It comes to us so fast every year. And before we know it, we're caught up in all things Christmas. And so we are here at Milestone. We enjoy this time of year and all that it brings. We have a lot of exciting things that happen. We love meeting all the new people, the new faces. We see lives impacted, people change forever. And it's all because, really, because of all of you that are so friendly, that are so warm, that treat people you've never met like family, and you serve them and value them the way that God values them. Well, Christmas is a great time of the year, and I wanna take you to a anchor Christmas passage, help you understand it, help you have something to approach this season a little differently. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Isaiah 714, and a interesting place you might not think about at Christmas, Psalm, this Psalm, Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. I want to welcome those watching online as well as those uh, that are also in our video venue making room, making space for others. Christmas is, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Christmas has a lot to it, a lot of events, a lot of things, because it's the holiday that we feel. We feel it deeper than the other holidays. It's like we enjoy some of the other holidays, but we feel this one deeply. So we're very concerned with the atmospheres of Christmas because we're looking for that Christmas feeling. Some of you have traditions and you're hoping that in that tradition, it'll anchor you to your family, to your friends. And so you do those traditions to feel something. Churches have some things they do. We light a candle together, it's a moment. We have these different things so that we can experience God in a certain way. We're looking for that feeling, we're looking for that atmosphere. Uh, This time of year, we feel it deeply. And sometimes we're looking for new things that we can do to experience that peace, to experience that joy, to experience that nostalgia. We're looking for something that fills us like none other. And my wife is a Christmas atmosphere person. How many of y'all are atmosphere people, by the way? Do you know I have friends who choose a restaurant based on the ambiance? I'm kind of the food guy. But I know there's just certain ones of us, you guys who are atmosphere people, you help all of us, you help us. And I'm so glad my wife loves atmosphere because it creates an atmosphere in our home and I kind of like it and, and yet, but, but the only problem with atmosphere people, if you give them a little, they want more. So like it all starts at our house with the lights and it was like I tried to hold off and do the minimalist lights, you know, can we just do like the door, can we just light a wreath and then it's like no, so no, let's put them on the house and of course then we started with the house and then last year it was like can we put them uh, in in the yard 
you know, come on now. And so it, it keeps going, right? And so we put them in the yard. I was like, that's not a good idea. We have teenage drivers. And so this is like therapy for me because this is where they ended up right here, one of the teenage drivers. So now we got to replace them, right? Because we're creating the atmosphere. So now my daughters are like, dad, let's put the reindeers in the yard. Let's put some animals. Let's put Santa. Let's not. Okay, let's not. Um, my wife and I do a date lunch every week. She's taking me to every Christmas decor place uh, everywhere. Um, and I love her and I love our date, but I don't go in. I let her, I, I'm the chauffeur, I'm the Uber driver. And so I sit outside and so she goes in and I don't, I don't really like those places. I really don't I, don't, I don't even really like candles. She has one per square inch in our house. I hate scented candles, I get headaches. She lights them, you know, I mean, just, it's just candles. So she goes and gets a new candle and gets a new wreath, gets some new stuff. And she said the other day, she's going in with me, Jeff, to Hobby Lobby. No offense to Hobby Lobby. I know they're godly people, good, good people. God bless their ministry. Um, I, I don't need to go in. I told her, she goes, why? I said, there's nothing in there I need. There's not one thing in there. I promise you. She's like, think of one. I said, well, the M&M's at the counter right there. I'd get one of those when I'm checking out. You know, I might get that, but I don't need anything else in there, okay? But, but you get the idea. We're looking for atmosphere. We're going to this event, that event. Why? We're looking for those Christmas experiences. And I want to read to you this verse of Scripture out of Isaiah 7, 14, that really I want to offer you this as you enter the Christmas season. Maybe you might approach it a little bit differently when you really understand what it's really all about and maybe you might find the answer to what you're really searching for, what you're really looking for. You may have seen this on a Christmas card or you may have seen this in some type of Christmas setting. Isaiah 7, 14, you may not know this, this is a prophet hundreds of years before he's prophesying of the birth of Jesus. He says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, that's miraculous that the virgin would conceive, and yet he's saying it long time before it happens and says, we'll give birth to a son, and yet then he gets into what is going to happen through this, and we'll call him Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Let's explore this thought for the next few moments together. What if this Christmas, now it's more than just Christmas, but even just this season, during this next season of time, you were to really investigate your understanding of the presence of God in your life, the way you interact with the presence of God, not just the theory of God, not just the mental ascent that God is real, not just the information, the characteristics, the resume of God, but you were to investigate, do I experientially, am I experientially growing in, do I understand what it means that God is with me, that he is with us, that he wants to grow in my understanding and in my life and who he is, and he wants to grow in me and my heart grow larger in regards to my relationship with him, and I experience who he really is what if this season of time, you began to really look at that and investigate that? What if you took the presence of God into that company Christmas party? What if you brought the presence of God 
into that family moment. More than the lights, more than the candles, more than the gifts, what if you brought the presence of God to the Christmas table? What if you had the presence of God in Christmas traffic? That's a miracle. What if it changed the entire atmosphere of your attitude, your outlook, your insight, because why? You are carrying the presence of God. Some of you may know this, and I wanna talk to all of us today. I wanna talk to some of you that are investigating God and his presence, and you're even surprised that he wants to be with us. Some of you that are looking at what it might mean to have a real relationship with God. Others of you that have walked with God, but you're not really connected to God in a tangible way. Others of you that are growing in your understanding of God and maturing. This is, this is something that all of us can grow in. Something that all of us desire and need, and that is the presence of God. So let's take it back to the beginning. You're like, well, how does God relate? Well, if you go all the way back to the beginning pages of the Bible, then in the book of Genesis, this thing is all about a God who's relational and loves us, and he creates mankind, and those created human beings begin to walk with him in the cool of the day. They begin to fellowship with him. He's with them. He's present with them. And then due to sin, they become broken in their fellowship and relationship with God, yet I could bring up multiple places, but I'm just highlighting a few. What we see is in the Old Testament that this God doesn't give up on us, that this God keeps wanting to connect with us, to relate to us, to have a relationship with us, different than any other God who's far distant, has characteristics that are basically totally different than the God of the Bible. This God keeps pursuing us. This God keeps pursuing you. You've boxed him out, you've pushed him out. You've not thought about him unless you needed something and you had a problem, yet he still continues to say, I wanna to speak to you, I wanna walk with you, I wanna talk with you, even in our brokenness. And we see moments like where he tells Moses, go get my people, get them out of bondage, and he leads them by day with a cloud, he leads them by night with a pillar of fire, and so his presence is manifesting and showing up. We see this place, you may not know this, but before this big moment that Isaiah is telling us about, the people that wanted to be with God would have to go to the physical location where he was all the time. And so they had like pop-up church. They just set up a tent and they would go to that tent because God was there. And where God was, they wanted to be. And yet there were all these protocols. There was an outer court and there was an inner place. And then there was the Holy of Holies where God's presence dwelt. And only one special person could go in there one time a year to make a perfect sacrifice so that this God would be happy and want to be with his people. Yet they continue to, to understand, look, we're trying to go into the presence of God. By the way, there's types and shadows of that of how we come into the presence of God today, even though we don't have to go to the physical location to get to the perfect place because now this baby has been born and this Jesus is available to us. But even a lot of people, a lot of times people don't understand what it means even to worship and praise and interact with God. Look, when you come in to worship God on your own or in a collective setting, you were, we're not, it's not humans singing to humans. It's not just good music, it's, it's, it's come, we're going somewhere. We're trying to go from the outer place. We're trying to go from the place where we're separate from him. We're trying to go and enter his courts with thanksgiving and get into that inner place where we can be in his presence. It's pop-up church. 
Then they get to this place where there's silence. There's a several hundred year period where God is silent. Have you ever felt like God is just distant? Like me and God, it's like, is God there? What's going on? There's this season where all of humanity had a silent place with God and then we see God come. How's he going to come now? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Like God keeps saying, I wanna show up, I wanna show up. Like how would he come? Is he going to come as a big military leader? That's what a lot of people thought. He's gonna set up his military throne and he's gonna go and just smash everybody else and set up his throne and say, hey, I'm here and I'm in charge. Is he gonna come as a big judge? And he's just gonna set up a big courtroom and you're guilty and you're guilty and you're guilty and you're guilty. Get out of my presence. Is he coming with wrath? Is he coming where one prophet even thought in the way he would come, is he just gonna come in some cataclysmic? I know me, I would think for a grand show, you know? It's like this God who needs to prove himself to all of these hard-headed people. I'm like, come in an earthquake. Come in a fire. Come in a lightning bolt, you know? Come, <laughs> Come in a tsunami, in a big cataclysmic weather event. He doesn't come like we think. He comes as a baby. He comes as one of us because he wants to be with us. He comes as a human being, as a baby, in a silent, obscure place because he wants to be with us. You say, practically, this presence, if I were to grow in the presence of God, Psalm 1611 says this, you make known to me the path of life. You make known to me how to really live life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. You will fill me with joy Deeper than just a fleeting joy, deeper than just a Christmas carol, deeper than just a Christmas moment, deeper than just a Christmas tradition, you will fill me with joy in your presence. And here's what's good about this. It's not temporary. With eternal pleasures at your right hand, it's an eternal relationship. Ephesians 3.12 says, because of Christ, because of Jesus, I'm telling you what this whole season's about. It's a global celebration. It's a global tradition. It'll consume our culture and consume our lives over the next several days, but what it's really all about is this. Because of Christ, and when we put our faith in him, when we fully surrender to him and put our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. We can come into his presence. I love what these young men on the video said. What is it amazing? We're being taught by newly surrendered believers. All of those baptisms that we see, we're seeing a picture. Some of you are like, what is that? Why are we putting people underwater in church? We're seeing people say they have surrendered their life to Christ and this baby grew up this baby sacrificed his own life on the cross to pay for our sin. It had to be paid for. The same sacrifice that was in the pop-up church where it was an animal that paid the price so God's wrath could be appeased. Now the perfect lamb of God gives his life as a sacrifice 
but then he raises from the dead because he's alive. He wants a relationship with us. And that picture of baptism is people saying, that happened in me. That Jesus now is real to me. And we heard from them where they said, look, we had compartmentalized lives. We had this part of my life and this part of my life, but then I now came to a place of surrender where I now have a real relationship where Jesus is no longer a theory or in a compartment or in a box somewhere. He's real to me. Some of you who are just investigating God, you need to know this. Okay, you're like, the presence of God, that seems like, like something that I don't know how to get a hold of. But the fact of it is, every one of us, even people who are anti-God, you need to know this, you're experiencing God at some level. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. He is a good God. His grace, his mercy shines on the just and the unjust. Every good thing you've experienced this week, every good thing, it all came from God. We had a great night Friday night, my oldest daughter, who's a sophomore at Baylor. She brought a few of her college friends to my house. And my wife, who's good at atmosphere, had the atmosphere going. We had a big old powerful Feliz Navidad taco bar, praise God. And we had it all up in there. And we, we, we had a big meal with these young ladies. And man, they're all real hungry for God and they're seeking God. We had a great meal and I had such a great time just being fatherly with them and talking to them about marriage and relationships and how God's real and God's power and don't get trapped in some cerebral religion. And man, I was just, I was preaching so much. They're like, hey, it's too late. You know, you gotta, we gotta go there. But, they, but it was really powerful. And then they all went to sleep and they woke up the next morning. Interesting. People on the outside come in. They said, we slept better than we've ever slept before. You say, why is that the pastor's home? Yeah, there's no demons in a pastor's home. <laughs> Angels live around there. No, 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 no. You can have that in your home. It's the presence of God. It's that we want the presence of God there. And they're like, we slept better. And then we got up and had a good gift from God. We got us a Starbucks. We headed over to AT&T Stadium. And uh, well, the devil took over after that. <laughs> The devil robbed us. He is a thief. He steals, kills, and destroys. Most of the services, people will yell out, boomer, and we've kicked them out of our church, and they're no longer a part of our church anymore. We've recommended other fellowships for them. We're looking for the presence of God. Yet all of us experience it at some level, but when you accept Jesus, he comes to be with you, and you did not just check a religious box, you now have a, a, an opportunity for an experiential relationship with that Jesus. Now some of you have said, okay, I've prayed that prayer, but what are, you seem to be even talking about something deeper, Pastor, like, like, like not just going to heaven, but there's this presence of God that can walk with you and dwell with you and be with you in those situations and circumstances. And that's absolutely what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when your child has an illness, when you're working through grief. How do you work through grief? Do you work through it alone? Do you sort it out by yourself? Or do you invite God's presence into your grief? Do you invite God's presence into your celebrations? Do you invite God's presence into that stress at work? 
Do you invite God's presence into those challenges that you're having in your family? Because at the invitation, he will come. He will bring his presence into every single circumstance if you'll invite him into those places. Some of you are like, wow, I didn't know that. I thought it was just like God and just religion and you're telling me it's something totally different. Can you make it even more practical? In my last few moments, I wanna make it very practical. Very, very practical. In fact, I was thinking about it this week. Some of what I'm telling you, I'll be real honest, as a pastor, sometimes I struggle to try to explain something that you have to experience. You have to experience it at some level. But yet I'm gonna try to make it practical enough and leave enough breadcrumbs that you can track your way to it if you're really willing and you're really open. It's kinda like swimming. It's kinda like swimming. We could sit in class and we could talk about swimming all day long. We could talk about the principles of buoyancy. We could talk about water. We could talk about the consistency of water, the physics of the human body, the ability to displace water. I know when I learned to swim, I was six or seven years old. My mom took me, she took me to swimming lessons. I went there, my friends had started swimming, people around me were talking about swimming, I was excited about swimming, talking about swimming until I actually got to the pool. When I got to the pool, I was kind of a husky kid, kind of a big kid, my mom called me husky, and I was like, man, I feel, I feel kind of big. She's like, Jeff, you're not big, you're husky. Come on now. And so here's a cookie, you know, that's my mom, that's how I got husky. But I mean, I was thinking, man, big men go to the bottom. I don't know if I want to get in there. Scared to death. Two or three days. I, we went to the pool. We did I, no swim. My mom would come home, tell my dad. He said, "What happened today?" He said, "Well, Jeff didn't swim. He needs to swim." My mom, you you were too hard on him. He doesn't have to swim if he doesn't want to. Come on, thank God for moms. <laughs> and so finally, on the third day, he said, "If tomorrow he doesn't swim, I'm coming there and I'm throwing him in the pool." That's a different day. That would be child abuse today. But anyway. At some point, I had to like let go of the side. I had to just start swimming, and it's the same way with your relationship with God. At some point, remember, everyone thought he would come as a military ruler, everybody thought he would come as an earthquake, he came as a baby. A lot of times he comes different than you think. A lot of times your encounter is going to be counterintuitive to how you think it should be. But as you start to swim, you just kind of let go of the side and say, hey, I'm gonna take some steps. This retreat for these young people, it sounds weird. I'm gonna take a step. Freedom sounds crazy. I'm gonna take a step. I've never been in a church where they have all these instruments and they're singing and these people seem excited. Take a step. Because he may come different than you think. The real question is, are you experiencing his presence or do you just know more information? So let's talk about how it works, real practical. Number one, what does the presence of God do? Here's, here's practically what it does. It meets the deepest longing inside your soul. It meets the deepest longing of what you're looking for. Every other thing that we look to has temporary ability to satisfy us. But the presence of God satisfies us at the deepest place. It's what you're looking for. Our coaches, our teachers, our life coaches, our counselors, our pastors, all across every part of our culture are saying this. People are stressed, fried, anxious, and depressed in our world today stressed out, they're, they're, they're spiritually brittle, 
They're empty inside of their soul. They're saying, what's wrong with our world? How we're doing, what's going on? This week, I saw an advertisement. I probably should be more adept of culture. Some of you may have already experienced this, but I saw an advertisement and it came up calm. It's an app. How many of you have heard of this app? Calm, headspace, mind space, these different ones. But I saw the one calm. And here was, the, here was the tagline, the most relaxing app you could ever experience. I thought, man, I gotta get that. What does that thing do? Does it rub my shoulders and tell me you are a man of God? You are powerful. You don't have to do Christmas decor if you don't want to. You're not fat, you're husky. Yes, yes, calm, I'll take it. More of that, please give it to me, calm. The most relaxing app ever, yes. I think it teaches you how to meditate, I don't know. But I'm gonna tell you this, whatever it delivers, if it doesn't bring you into the presence of God, it will leave you lacking. It will leave you lacking because the presence of God is actually what we're all looking for. Most of the time we come to God, we're looking for direction. And by the way, he has wisdom. He says, ask me, and I'll grant you wisdom, but I will tell you this, that if you will start looking to God at a place of connection, you'll find more direction. When you only go to God for only direction, you miss the connection and you actually miss what the soul is actually longing for. Let's get even more practical. Number two, why don't we experience it? We need to ask ourselves that question. What keeps us from his presence? First of all, we have guilt and shame. We made mistakes along the way and we don't know what to do. You heard the young man on the baptism video there from Northwest High School, you heard him say, look, I wanted to go all in with God, but I didn't know if I would fail. What an honest response that is so where we live. Guess what, let me let you in on something. You will fail, but that's why you have Jesus Christ who paid the price and finished it and can come into your life and even in despite your failures, still wants to be with you, still wants to walk with you. Self-sufficiency, it holds us back. Can I say to our culture here, I do believe that God wants to come into your work life, to your health, your physical health, and he wants to come into everything that you do, and I do believe you can be blessed and favored by God and still be hungry for God. I believe you can, but let's all be honest. Affluence and opportunity can stop us from desperation. Affluence and opportunity can cause us to think, man, I can just buy my way into what I need. And cultures that are more desperate by way of just living life find themselves more hungry for the presence of God. So we just need to be aware of that. I need to be aware of that. I have a propensity to think I can fix it and not lose sight of the fact that we're hungry for his presence. Distractions, we've got so many other things we're preoccupied by. Pain in our lives. We have pain and trouble and a lot of times we close off and try to fix it in our own strength 
but God wants to come into our pain. Our traditions keep us from the presence of God. Our traditional way of seeing God that says, God, you're only this way. I would encourage you, if you're having a tradition challenge with your relationship with God, always remember this. There's traditions of men that can nullify the truth of God according to the word of God. So make sure that you're looking to the word of God to identify the God that you wanna walk with because when you look to him and his word will not lie to you and you'll see that, then don't let those traditions that are made up in your own mind hold you back. God wants to have a relationship with you in a powerful way. The third thing is, how does God's presence really work? Let's talk about it practically. Number one, you have to believe. You have to believe that he wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to show up in your circumstance and in your situation. You have to believe that is true. You have to believe he's a relational God who wants to be with you. I think a lot of people, I know this sounds very fundamental. Oh, God's busy. God's, God's handling some world crisis. Like, he doesn't want to talk to me. When you start believing, no, that's why he created you was to walk with you, to fellowship with you, to speak with you. And when you begin to believe that, then you begin to connect with him. And here's the, here's the next one, invite him. As I said, invite him into your grief. Invite him into your pain. Invite him into your stress. Invite him into your work life. Invite him into the tension between you and your spouse. Invite him into the hurt that you have from your own family and circumstances. Invite him in. I mean, he can break through the doors, there's times in the Bible where he see, we see that he does, but generally he comes at the invitation. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise from the Bible. If you'll move in God's direction, he will run in yours. Here's the next one, create space. Well, we really need to hear this this time of year. I know I look at my calendar, I think, man, there's so much going on this time of year. Create space, how are you gonna create space? You're like, what does that look like, Jeff? I don't know. While you're in that traffic, create some space. Listen to the word of God. Get that word of God app. I think that could provide a lot of calming. Let the word of God speak to you. Get some worship music going. Turn off the news. Turn off the sports scores. Turn off something else. Spend a little time. God, I wanna be with you today. I wanna invite you into my life today. I wanna carry your presence today, Lord. I wanna carry it into the boardroom today, Lord. I wanna carry it into this situation with that person. Did I wanna wring their neck? That's the other services, that's not you. I'm gonna carry your presence. I'm gonna bring your presence because I'm gonna invite you into it. I'm gonna create space for it to happen. Here's the next one, gather. We're, we're, we're have, in today's world today, via technology, we can download information, we can listen to messages. I know it's a first step for people and sometimes we have circumstances and situations where we listen to it and thank God for podcasts and other ways. But I will tell you this, if you begin to fill your life with so many things that you can't prioritize gathering with the church, with the people of God, you will be lacking in certain areas because there is a dimension of how God moves. We all have access. We all can boldly walk into his throne room. But I will tell you this, when we gather with God's people, the Bible says it clearly, when two or three gather in my name, there I am in their midst. The Bible says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together because we provoke one another onto good works. There is an element that when we gather together and we're in his presence, there's something about that in the way he moves. 
I wanna put this one down too because I think it's one of our deficiencies in our modern culture and the way that we see God and that's praise. Praise. Did you know a lot of people will pray, even people who are not really close to God, if they're on an airplane and they may be not thinking about God at all and that airplane starts going down and the pilot comes on and says, oh, we're in trouble. Everybody get your safety belts in, get your oxygen mask, da, da, da. People are gonna start, Jesus, we're they're gonna become prayers right there. They're gonna really start getting spiritual. So we, a lot of people pray and reach out to God for needs. Uh, some people worship, and it's kind of devotional, and I worship God and devotional. But as you know, there's an element we lose in our culture today of praise. The Bible talks about the sacrifice of praise. We enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. I'm gonna tell you, it doesn't take a lot of connection to God to ask God for help. You're like, wherever you're at up there, please help. You can worship and it can be personal, but I'm gonna tell you, only followers of Jesus Christ in the midst of their trouble, their circumstances, and their problems, say, I praise you right now. I will praise you, I will exalt you, I will lift you up above my circumstances. Even if this situation doesn't change, I'll still praise you anyway. Amen. Only followers of Jesus. We don't get it a lot in our culture today. Y'all know the first song is not just to get a good seat and make sure your coffee doesn't spill. The first song is about praise, because we enter his courts with praise. Maybe I just need to do a whole message on that. <laughs> Obedience. Some of you say, well, I'm not real close to God. Here's a thought. Go back to the last thing God told you to do and see if you obeyed him. Because to sum up this verse in John 14, 21, it says this. I love you, and if you love me, if you'll obey me, I'll reveal myself to you. I'll show myself to you. I wanna close with this thought and then pray for you. Here's a conversation I've had probably four or five times this week. It's people who have started growing in their understanding of the presence of God, and maybe you've accepted Christ, or maybe you're just moving toward Christ, or you've tar started taking steps, or you've gone to freedom, or you've been in the grow track, or you started getting in a small group, and you're like, man, it's like God has moved from theory. Worship and praise and loving God has moved from what you have to do to what you get to do. It's a big shift. And man, you're just like, man, God is real. What's God going to do today? And then now you've gone back into certain situations and certain things with your family. You know, the holidays put us around our family and you get back in those situations and because of the health God's doing in you, you're starting to see the dysfunction in the relationships and people around you. And I've heard that four or five times this week. What do I do? Well, here's, here's the thing. Keep growing in the understanding of what it says because we believe in Jesus, we've put our faith in him, we can march boldly and confidently into that place. And when you continue to grow in that confidence, you're gonna carry his presence into those circumstances and situations. You're gonna start carrying his presence into every situation that you're facing. And so I wanna encourage you that if you'll keep growing in it, you're gonna be a carrier. Now, I wanna encourage you, you'll be able to start creating that in your home, in your small group, in your relationships. Don't look at me and go, oh, Pastor Jeff, that's only for you. No, 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 no. I, I, I train my children in not just 
how to put your faith in Christ, not just baptism, not just join the church, not just we believe in God, but how to practice his presence. Lanny Kate, my youngest right now, we have a poster board in her room. It has the word, has the, has the Holy Spirit at the top. It's talking about practicing the presence of God. We have a poster board, white poster board. She's real fired up about all the different colored markers that we have right now. We're trying to get to the content, but she's real into the markers and I'm like, whatever it takes. Because here's what I know. I've raised two kids in college. No amount of my cerebral ability to dissect and parse every bit of information is going to get them on the path of life. It's the presence of God in their lives. It is the word of God, but the word of God should lead you to the presence of God. So we're talking through that, and you can do that too. Just keep taking steps, and you can bring him into every situation and scenario in your life. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. I'm gonna ask you, we have just a few more moments together. I'm gonna ask you if you can not move around for a minute. I know sometimes people, if you have an emergency, you can, but I just wanna wait just a moment. There's people here that need to receive Christ. This is an important moment, okay? Just everybody just pause just for a minute, okay? Just pause right where you are. There's some of you here as I talked about God's presence, you're that person who says, you know what? I've boxed him out. I've held him on the outside, but you're like, I know, I've tried those other things, but I know he needs to become real and a part of my life. Well, I'm gonna ask you right where you are just to say, Jesus, come into my life. All you have to do is just say, I invite you in. Jesus, I believe you came as a baby, but I believe you died on the cross, you rose from the dead. Come into my life, become my Jesus. I wanna make you my Lord. I wanna surrender my life to your Lordship, let you rule and reign over every area of my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Maybe put a card in at the bucket at the end, the container. Maybe come forward. Maybe come to 101 that we're about to have right after this service. But we want to help you start taking steps. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.